Last week on Chain in the Valley, we sat down with Jonathan Johnson, the president of Medici Ventures and also one of Piernova's board members. For those of you who didn't catch that episode, well, you really should have. You are listening to Pier Nova's Chain in the Valley, where we discuss all things blockchain and DLT over our morning coffee. Here are your hosts, Sonia and Navid. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Chain in the Valley. I think this is episode 10. I know last week I... Uh, incorrectly said that was episode 10 but this is definitely episode 10 i was counting the teaser how are you sonia good how are you i'm doing very well um we sat down with jonathan last week which i think was a a great uh conversation and i think for people that are interested in this space um it's really nice to uh go right to the source and understand what uh it is that the thought leaders like jonathan are doing to uh, help this technology along exactly so today we're excited to sit down with suresh kumar an entrepreneur veteran and expert within the financial services space he also sits on pier nova's board of directors so suresh thank you so much for being here today and sitting down with us Okay, well, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to come here to your office and to meet with the great engineering talent that you have and to discuss all the great stuff that you do in blockchain. Great. So to kick off this conversation, would you please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and also your experience as a CIO? Well, you know, I started my career um, as part of a startup uh, in the online brokerage industry, uh, back when, when we used to have a Prodigy network as well as America Online, we provided the exclusive online brokerage. Uh, we also uh, provided the online brokerage on the internet when that came about uh, in '96, um, and we offered our services globally uh, in Japan, Hong Kong, and, and UK. Um, and in addition to my uh, a startup experience, uh, I've also been fortunate uh, to be in CIOs of a couple of large financial institutions as well. Um, Suresh, so that's very interesting to me because you've certainly been uh, in both worlds, if you will. So having been part of a startup, uh, of course, that has its own uh, challenges. And of course, having uh, worked for a very large financial institution, that has its own challenges as well. I'm curious, uh, from your startup days, what are some of the, uh, the, first of all, tell us a little bit more detail about what that startup was about, particularly. And I'm curious, what was your experience uh, at, at that stage of your career? Yeah, so the startup uh, was interesting because it was going through the period of people getting used to computers, having personal computers at home, as well as having uh, a network to connect to, to uh, share information with others. Um, uh, And so that provided the ability for people like us to provide new services like online brokerage uh, on, on Prodigy first, then America Online, which really kind of trained the country uh, to get on with the networks. You know, So then uh, there was yet another change uh, with the internet, uh, with all the modems and you know, uh, a slow uh, speed networks. Um, suddenly, uh, it's no longer a private ecosystem. 
Um, it was public. Literally, anyone can offer a service uh, by themselves. And then dramatically you know, uh, created this dot-com world where lots of startups trying to uh, you know, offer services. Um, so we, uh, it was fortunate that we were part of that uh, movement and we were able to do what we did in US uh, abroad as well. Uh, but the interesting thing was uh, even though the technology when it came about were not as powerful, but everyone believed uh, in the possibilities of what the network can do, which, you know, a lot of the benefits, the Uber, the Airbnb that you begin to see now with you know, Amazon being such a, uh, a, a large part of uh, our life, you know, uh, didn't exist, you know, back then. You know, I, Amazon was there, you know, but Uber and, and uh, even Google was not there. So you can see the time it takes for the technology promise to actually be delivered. I think, uh, I, as you speak, I, the, the, the thing that really pops into my head is what we see with blockchain today. And I think there are some uh, congruencies, if you will, uh, from what you've described and what is available in blockchain. I think, um, uh, and I want to hear your opinion about uh, what, key challenges you think blockchain can essentially solve in the financial industry um, because it is important, like you said, for people to have a vision about all these things, just like any other emerging tech. You have to be, you have to believe in the future of the technology in order to want to participate. Um, but we want to try to get away from the technical details and really focus on the value propositions that blockchain itself could bring. So I'm curious in the financial industry, what do you think blockchain can solve at the most foundational level? Right. Maybe, you know, before I talk about what can blockchain solve, maybe I'll just talk about the challenges that the financial industry has. Um, you know, believe it or not, the global economy, the financial system probably runs on legacy technology. Um, and over the years, companies have acquired lots of different companies. And so you have islands of technology that came part of the acquisition. And so there is not a whole lot of uh, integration you know, that has happened. Um, in a way, the, the longer the company has been around, the chances are you have layers and layers of technology that has been added to what was there. And so nothing ever really comes off. Um, it just gets added. Um, so that creates... Uh, problems in being able to uh, come up with new services in the marketplace um, and also as the consumers are getting used to newer technologies they expect the same thing from the existing uh, large institutions uh, but it's harder because you have to deal with the messy infrastructure so, so in a way, uh, the challenges for most of the uh, institutions is to really figure out how do you take advantage of the new technologies to meet the ever-changing expectations of clients, the consumers. And, and so in, in that way, I think blockchain, uh, just like uh, AI or cloud, are the new technologies that everyone has to figure out how to take advantage of um, in order to really be relevant going forward. So uh, I'm curious, uh, you are 
very uniquely positioned to answer this question for me. Uh, of course, you've been on the other side of the door, if you will. As a CIO, you had to uh, evaluate blockchain as a technology and uh, view it as, as perhaps a part of your business strategy. And of course, now um, being on the board of Piernova, you see um, a very different world, right? So as a startup, we have to be agile, we have to be quick, we have to go after things that we see fit for our technology, but that doesn't necessarily mean that um, it's in the same sort of uh, maybe speed or uh, if it's even in parallel with what a large financial institution would want to do. I'm curious, uh, when you look at blockchain, there is this network effect that's perhaps needed. That's more on the distributed ledger side of things. But as a large financial institution, what would you see as the immediate benefits of being involved in the technology? Maybe um, you can tell us a little bit more about how you can implement a blockchain-type application within your institution that would serve your purposes and at least get your feet wet, as, as they say. Right. I, I, I think it's a, a great question uh, because, you know, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing proposition, right? So there is a new technology uh, that has lots of promises, but in the financial industry, uh, which you know tends to leverage technology uh, a lot faster than most other industries, uh, have solved problems uh, uh, differently, right? So they have historically have set up utilities, you know, be it uh, SWIFT or DTCC or the clearinghouse or even like Visa and MasterCard were all set up uh, to play a role among the institutions and, and bring about efficiencies. Um, and that has worked out, you know, really well. But, you know, for someone to think about blockchain, you know, they'll think about potentially getting rid of intermediaries uh, and ask the question, you know, why, why can't technology, you know, play that role? But the way I look at it is, you know, ha- since uh, the industry has solved a lot of the efficiency problems uh, through the utilities, I'm not sure whether that should be your high priority, unlike other industries. Um, I think the priority has to be, uh, hey, what are some of the challenges with adopting blockchain? And is there any way you can work around them so that you can take advantage of them? So as you alluded to, in my view, some of the challenges for blockchain is you need to have standard. And, you know, in the financial industry, we have standards, whether it's a SWIFT or FIX um, or, or any of the typical EDI kinds of things that you have, and that takes time. Um, you also need to have a network effect for you to get the return on your investments. And that, as you can imagine, it takes time for having a network effect as well. So the question is, is there any other way that you can take advantage of this new technology? And and that's why I'm pretty excited about the direction that Pierre Nova has gone. Instead of trying to position yourself as a pure uh, holistic blockchain solution, you're just being very practical and saying, listen, what can I learn from uh, the blockchain technology and how can I leverage them to solve problems today. So the way I've thought about uh, the Pier Nova solution is 
In every company, you know, as I mentioned, because of the acquisitions and islands of technology, there's no reason why you couldn't use a blockchain just within your institution without the need for a third-party uh, standards or network effect. It is doable, right? So a lot of the kinds of work that Pierre Nova has done with other large financial institutions you know, come to show that you can, in fact, deploy the technology by yourself without waiting for anything else to happen and, and to get the benefits. So I think, you know, to me, I think that's one way to figure out, you know, to potentially use Pierre Nova technology to create, let's say, a concept of a digital twin. And, and that gives you insights, and, and, and uh, you can get a lot of benefit out of that. So uh, I'm going to follow up with uh, the digital twin that you brought up. Um, I think, you know, the, the, in my opinion is, and please correct me if I'm incorrect, by um, essentially creating a digital twin, you can track your assets in a digital world much, much better. Um, in our technology, we always talk about a concept called event lineage, which in essence gives you a unified view of your data and everything else on top of that data um, in one. And I think that is, uh, you know, when you add the fact that it's also real time, it gives you a sort of an almost an unprecedented uh, view, front to back visibility, if you will, into your transactions. Tell me um, about the digital twin concept a little bit more and how you see that being implemented, again, at a smaller scale today. Um, yeah. It's a, in an interesting concept. Uh, typically, I think uh, it's talked about in the world of Internet of Things. Um, so, you know, either it could be a physical plant um, or it could be uh, an airline uh, engine. Um, you know, it's a, a physical thing. And anytime you need to make changes or you want to do a water analysis or even to do simulations of uh, various kinds, it's pretty expensive. It takes time. So people have figured out what kind of data can I collect from these physical assets. Uh, and, and construct a digital model so that can, you can actually use them to try various things before you implement them. Um, so I think for us in the financial industry, there's no reason why uh, to look at the financial uh, industry data center as a physical plant as well, right? Because uh, they have accumulated legacy technology over a period of time. While everyone would love to get rid of them overnight with some new technology like a startup word, it's really not practical with so many clients depending on it you know, for day-to-day -day processing. So the concept of digital twin says leave things the way they are. Instead, figure out how do you get the value out of all this investment that you've made all these years, um, and, and maybe that's where the Pier Nova can create a digital twin for an existing plant. And once you have them, as you mentioned about the uh, events being connected, it really gives you a perspective on what happens in your data center. And once you have the data, once you have that perspective, then you can actually see where to focus, you know, where are the inefficiencies, where are the bottlenecks, 
and what kind of uh, 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 thing can you do to re-engineer things or to potentially replace them with a newer technology. You know, historically, this would have taken a consulting firm to do a time and motion study, a uh, fairly expensive process, and have people physically fill out forms that someone would analyze to identify these things. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. To do it for a very large institution, it could take forever. But with PureNova technology, you can actually do this time and motion study in real time all day, every day. So to me, I think that's a pretty exciting thing for every large institution that needs to digitize their plant in order to compete with the fintechs and other startups. Um, but you can actually take what you have and create this layer of a digital twin and then use that effectively to create a, a digital experience for your clients or you can also use it for operational efficiency and you can also use it to mitigate risks you know, you, because it'll now give you insights into what happens uh, in your firm every day without having to spend a lot of money replacing them with new technology. That's wonderful. Uh, we talked about a lot of different concepts, Suresh, so thank you so much. I'm going to try to sort of summarize it, and please tell me if I've missed something. So I think the takeaway is that I think financial institutions don't necessarily have to wait today for that network effect to take place in order to be able to uh, tap into at least the, the, the basic benefits of what blockchain technology can offer. Now, you know, I think you alluded to this as well, that not everything is within our control. And therefore, by focusing on what it is that a financial institution can do right now, what are some of the things that you can fix right now? Like you said, this concept of a digital twin is a great place to start to try to track things and consolidate uh, your perhaps your data to some extent, or at least the unified view of it, which is also very critical. And then I think another one here, which we didn't get a chance to talk about today, is that today we hear a lot about the benefits of AI and machine learning and all of that wonderful stuff. Now, we know that the future is somewhere, uh, somewhere where AI and blockchain are together. And in order for any institution, not just financial institutions, to be able to reap the benefits of AI someday, we think that you need to be in the blockchain world today. Um, we spoke with uh, Perry Ann Boring, the president of Digital Chamber of Commerce a couple of weeks back, and one of the key things that she talked about was that United States as a whole, as a country, is actually behind the world in terms of blockchain adoption and the technology itself. So I think the sooner um, financial institutions are able to find ways to implement blockchain within their uh, operations, then the sooner they're able to perhaps not only see the values of blockchain on its own, but also find ways of incorporating AI directly into all of this. But uh, Suresh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. This was another great conversation. As always, thanks for tuning in to Chain in the Valley, where we cover all things blockchain and DLT. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Music, Stitcher, and chaininthevalley.com. Join the conversation and tweet us at Purenova Inc. or Chain in the Valley, where we want to hear from you. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great week.